Hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Pilot Riot Podcast. I am one half of your hosts. I'm Madeline Palmen. Now, Peter is in New York this week, so he will not be joining us, but I am so pleased to welcome our first in-studio guest, our producer who's been there with us since the beginning, Matt Young. Matt, welcome. Thank you. Also known as Jane, the producer. Yes. Okay. So real quick before we talk about Matt and what makes him so special, we're going to explain the Jane, the producer thing. Um, We've gotten a lot of questions, mainly from my mom, um, about why we refer to Matt as Jane on the podcast or refer to him as Jane, the producer on our social media, et cetera. And the reason is because of a show that is very special to me and Peter and Matt called The Comeback on HBO with Lisa Kudrow. Uh, If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend. It's one of my top 10 shows of all time. And on the show, Lisa Kudrow, Kudrow, her character is filming a reality show. Her producer's name is Jane. And so she talks to Jane all the time throughout the filming, usually in the form of saying Jane cut when she doesn't want something filmed. So that is where that little joke comes from. Matt is not, his name is not Jane, nor is he transgender. Uh, we just refer to him as Jane, the producer, you know, that <laughs> show while it's so amazing, like Lisa Kudrow is incredible in that show, Yeah, but it is so like cringy that I couldn't finish watching it. Even it's very season real one, because it just like, it gave me the feeling that everything was going to come crashing down for me. And I was like, I don't know if I need this sentiment in my life right now. You <laughs> it, was, know? it was like too much secondhand emotion. Too much. Yeah. It's just too much. Well, that's fair enough. I, I personally uh, could, I sat through it, no prob, but that's fair enough. So Matt, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. You've been lurking in the background of our pods. I have, I have. Um, Giving a comment here and there when necessary. I have, yeah. Um, so tell us a little, bit about, a little bit about yourself. Tell us what your favorite TV shows are. Sure. So me and Maddie and Peter all grew up in Florida together, right? So we've known each other a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a musician. I'm in a band called Twin Kids. And, At Twin Kids Music. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, um, but in terms of TV shows, I don't know. I really like like that balance between um, like drama and comedy, like that new age thing that sort of like Garden State started, you know, and like okay. Juno, like all those movies. I feel like that kind of crept its way into shows like um, like United States of Terra and Girls, you know. Sure. Like I'm really into shows like that, but then also. Um, some of the more sci-fi shit, like Stranger Things was my everything. Mm-hmm. Sensate was also my everything, but it's horrible, but I love it so much, you know? You know, I feel like you often have a dichotomy with shows where you say it's terrible, but I love it. I remember you said that about Togetherness on an episode of the yeah, podcast. Yeah, you know, yeah. You also say true. that about Mozart in the Jungle, which I know is a show oh that gosh, you talk about a lot. Another, but... You know, I just like crazily realized like two nights ago that Lola Kirk, who plays the lead in Mozart in the Jungle, is Jemima Kirk's little sister. Jemima Kirk is Jessa in Girls. And my whole time, the whole time I've been watching Mozart in the Jungle, I'm like, what about this girl? Like, like, why does she feel like she's my best friend? You know, I feel like (laughs) I know her so, and I'm like, it's because she's the same as her sister, you know? Yeah. But that's actually another show that's kind of like on that cusp Mm -hmm. of like, it's like humorous, but then, you know, like you never know what emotions are going to be thrown your way. In every episode. Yeah, absolutely. When I think of the kind of show you're describing, the modern day dramedy, if you will, I think of Orange is the New Black, Uh because it was, um, oh, I'm going to get this wrong, but it was kind of a, it it broke a little bit of ground in the sense that when it was being nominated for Golden Globes, it was established that it, 
see, and this, see, this is what's funny about it. I can't remember it. I'm not going to Google it now because I don't feel like clack clacking on my computer when mm-hmm. I don't need to. Mm-hmm. But it was either um, announced that it couldn't be nominated for drama or it couldn't be nominated for comedy. One of the two, mm-hmm. whichever one the producers were pushing for it to be nominated for, they mm-hmm. said it could, it had to be for the other one. Okay. So yeah, so that's definitely a new kind of trend in our modern uh, cinematic sure. TV world. Yeah. yeah. You know, another show I meant to mention this is Bojack Horseman, which you actually recommended yes. to me. And that show is like at the center of everything that's good in entertainment right now. I like that agree show more. fucked me up, you know, it oh, broke yeah. me down. And I think it's, it's like the best thing I've ever seen. It's beautiful. I, I couldn't agree more. Bojack Horseman, I do believe is like one of our most important shows of the past five, 10 years. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen Bojack Horseman, like give it a shot. Yeah. Yo. You know, hard to get into. Like after you recommended, it, I took me a few times. And it is to like dark. try. It's dark. It's dark. It's like it's like next level dark. It is it's like, like dark in these caves. Yeah. 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 But it's, it's so funny. Yeah. Oh my god, it's unbelievable. Especially if you uh, live in LA like we do. Yeah. It, it, there's just an LA ness about it that it cannot be replicated. For sure. It's special. For sure. Um, all right. Well, I say let's get into it. So I decided that we're going to talk about the arrangement first. Cool. So the arrangement is on E. You can catch it Sundays at 10 p.m. And the basic premise is it's kind of based off of a popular theory behind Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes marriage, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is that Tom Cruise was becoming, you know, huge in Scientology. They started... Uh, the Scientologist uh, Center, you know, Celebrity Center in LA started taking over a lot of his life. They think that they kind of contract... There's rumors that there was an arrangement made between Tom Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes about their relationship, that he would pay her a certain amount of money to marry him, and that would help his publicity and help the Church of Scientology, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. Now, I happen to be an expert in the realm of... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Of uh, like like amateur sleuthing when it comes to Scientology. I love Scientology. <laughs> uh-huh. I read Leah Remini's book Troublemaker. Mm-hmm. I uh, watched her series on A and E about Scientology. I just, in general, I'm really into cults, and I am super into Scientology. And uh, mm, it's just, I love it. So I was really interested in this pilot when it first came out. Yeah, yeah. And something that I want to point out really quick was that the marketing for this pilot I thought was so good. Describe it. I didn't. I didn't see any of. The, I didn't see any trailers, any billboards, nothing. So you know, the trailers were just kind of your basic run of the mill TV trailers, uh-huh. but they did some marketing videos on Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, you know, The Bachelor is a big deal right now. They just yeah. had the finale, yeah. where, and so back when it was the final two, or you know, a few weeks ago, or whatever. There was an ad where the protagonist, Kyle, or not the protagonist, uh, one of the lead characters, Kyle West, who plays the Tom Cruise character, uh-huh. uh, he makes a video as if he's making a proposition to the two girls that if, you know, whichever one of you doesn't get picked for The Bachelor, you should come consider having an arrangement with someone at my cult, my Scientology, which is called the fictional version um, in the show is called the Institute of the Higher Mind. Yeah. So I thought that was good. That is really good. And there was a there was actually a great line where he said, "This might seem like an unconventional proposition, but based on your previous work, we imagine that unconventional propositions work for you," <laughs> which was so shady and so great. But um, and then there was another great marketing promo with James Lipton, who does Inside the Actor Studio, and oh. he did um, like a segment as if he was interviewing this Tom Cruise figure, Kyle West 
kind of trying to, you know, pump up the idea that he is like a real celebrity type of thing. So I really appreciated the I marketing. Like that. That's really cool. I know. I it was, watch these. Those are really cool. It was really clever yeah, marketing. That really is. And um, I was really excited about this pilot. Mm. Really excited. Okay. Because of the marketing, right? Well, because of the marketing and because I'm so into Scientology sure. and the whole, you know, potential, the rumors behind Katie uh, Holmes and Tom Cruise's sure. relationship and sure. stuff. And so I was excited, maybe mm-hmm. too excited. <laughs> My hopes may have been too high. That would be, yeah, yeah. I was really quite underwhelmed. I by was this as well. While I was pretty uh, engaged, like fully entertained mm-hmm. for the entirety of it. Something about it just felt like very cheap to me. Okay. Right. I don't know. I've never watched another show on E. I really don't know very. Oh no, I've watched some of those reality shows that are on E, but never okay. like a scripted show. Okay. Right. So scripted, scripted's pretty new for E. Okay. Have they had other scripted shows before? Yeah, they have the Royals. I mean, something very cheap, like from the style, which felt like an like a really easy way to portray like the entertainment industry in Hollywood and in Los Angeles. You know, mm-hmm. like from him hopping on from Kyle West, like hopping on his like motorcycle and being slammed by paparazzi you know from like the shots of the girl lead right who where she's like just jumping into like a pool and there's just like a montage of her floating underneath the pool you know it was just like all of those choices Mm -hmm. i was like i see the world you're trying to make but it's like you didn't reach very far like this is not different from anything i've seen you know right so that, in that way, and also in the casting, I feel like it was pretty unimaginative. Right. Like, that girl, I don't know her name. All right, you know so, so let's just quickly <laughs> go sure, over sure, the, sure. the like beginning plot points. So we, um, the first person we meet, I believe is um, our protagonist, who is Megan Morrison. Someone I, someone made a comment recently about how much I love the word protagonist and say it often on the podcast, which is true. I'll you know try what? to keep Let it to a minimum. freak flag fly, you know? <laughs> But, uh. So Megan Morrison is played by Christine Evangelista. She's, I think she's, I mean, basically a nobody. Let's look at her little IMDb page here. Oh, she was in The Intern and The Walking Dead. All right. Okay, okay. So she was in The Walking Dead in 2010, so. Yeah. Long time. <laughs> uh, which is, you know, not now. Yeah. I can't believe The Walking Dead's been on for that I long. I never My watched God. that show either, yeah. Um, I have. It's mediocre. So... Sorry to our Walking Dead fans. Go in. Listeners. Um, so Megan Morrison is played by Christine Evangelista. She's a she's a waitress working in LA. She wants to be an actress. She's kind of a nobody. She's done like they use fictional, uh, like you know, they use fictional versions of these shows, but she basically at the beginning when she's introducing herself, uh, in her introductory scenes, I should say, uh-huh. basically says that she's done like Criminal Minds and Criminal Minds Beyond Borders and like kind of like the basic shows that everyone in LA, if you're like an actor, you've done a bit role on like sure. all these kind of little sure. shows. Uh-huh. So she's a nobody, but she's gotten an audition to read opposite Kyle West for a role. Right. Now she doesn't realize that the role is like actually like casting as his wife. Right. But she goes to the audition, she kills it, and this is. After she finds out that her boyfriend of two years was cheating on her and she decided to leave him. So Kyle West is so charmed by her. He whisks her to a fish taco place <laughs> that's usually closed. But for him, it opens because he's such a good guy. And because he put the owner's kids through college. That too. Like, that was like, where did that come from? You know? Yeah. And then he whisks her away to Mexico yeah. and they have a beautiful romantic night together. And then she gets a proposal from mm. him, a written contract yeah, for marriage right? yeah. yes 
uh, you know, that they could have been married for a certain number of years and there's certain stipulations and he'll pay her $10 million. Yeah. It was interesting. I would say it was a well-written pilot. It was pretty well-structured. They, I mean, well-written in the sense that it was well-structured. It wasn't really imaginative. The dialogue was a little weak. Um, but at the same time, I kind of liked the elements in there that they had with the Institute of the Higher Mind. Mm-hmm. There weren't that many in there. I would like to see more of the Institute of the yeah. Higher Mind. That might be because I'm a cult weird person no, who loves Scientology. because that's like such a crucial part of the story, right? Yeah. I do think they're touching on something cool with that portrayal, though. I agree with you. I liked that. There is a scene like with her, with the, what was her name? Megan something, yeah. right? With Megan and her girlfriends, right? Yes. Where they're in a bar talking about Kyle West that I thought like showed this reputation of the like fictionalized Scientology cult like really, yeah. really well. That was really cool. So I'm hopeful that maybe they'll capitalize on sort of that aspect of the story, you know? And yeah. like maybe we'll see that sort of unravel as the series goes on. As far as the performances go, so, you know, our protagonist is Megan Morrison, played by Christine Evangelista, basically an unknown. Kyle West is played by Josh Henderson, who, as far as I know, is also basically an unknown. Um, it looks like he was in, uh, oh, he was in Desperate Housewives. Oh, shit. Who is he? Um, Austin McCann. Yeah, no idea. Which is weird, because that's definitely a show that Matt and I watched together, like, like in high school. Oh, like, you would come over on Sunday nights. I And totally we would watch would. Desperate Housewives, followed by Brothers and Sisters. I thought that he was okay, but I really liked Christina Evangelista. I thought that she was a good little actress. Megan. Megan Morrison, yeah. I could not disagree more. Really? I think she is limp. I think she is boring. Oh. I think I see her all the time. It's just like, I do not need another girl like this Oh, it's interesting you say that. That's actually a really big part of what made it feel so cheap for me, was like the casting of the two of them. Like, yeah, he's really hot, you know? Yeah, she's really hot. Yeah. They're just like hot together. And it's just like That's true. They were both conventionally attractive in a way that was kind of boring. You know? And like, I get that they're trying to portray like Tom Cruise, whatever, and the other woman, right? And like, those people are like basic in our lives, like our real lives, Mm -hmm. right? But there's a way to like cast people who are not going to play the basicity in the same way. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you weren't a little into it when she was rapping about William Shakespeare. I liked her vibe. I thought that she played the field well, like the different angles of her character. I was into it only because when you and I used to do theater competitions, that was like an actual popular piece was like the rapt Shakespeare. Do you remember that? Yeah, there was like some like one act play that people would do scenes right. from that was like the hip hop rap Shakespeare <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah. <laughs> like so gangster that, like, Shakespeare. It immediately reminded me of that and I was just like, I couldn't forget that, you know? But I guess I see what you're saying. That was like a little more like off the cuff for her, right? She had personality and you know, they were trying to portray her in such a way that they wanted you to believe that this is someone that Kyle West could fall in love with within a day. Yeah. You know, she's like fun and peppy and unexpected and like fascinating and yeah. like meh. And she speaks her mind and try yeah. Yeah. She's different than the other girls. Yeah. And so that, you know, that was maybe a little annoying how they were kind of trying to push that, but I kind of feel like she, for me, she fulfilled that. Okay. For me, it worked. I hear that. I hear that. So that's just how I feel. Yeah. No, totally. Um, yeah, for sure. I had another thought and now it's gone. That's okay. It drifted away. It sprinted away. That's all right. Um, I'm very interested in the character of Terrence, mm. played by Markle, Michael Vartan. Also, I'm not going to look. I'm not even going to click his name. He's also an unknown. Um, Which one was Terrence? Was he the head of the Yeah, club? he's the head of... Um, the Institute of the Higher Mind. Yeah. He's best friends with Kyle. Yeah. 
You know, I think, he, yeah. He's supposed sure. to be David Miscavige. Right, right, right. Yeah. So he, I thought, played it really well, too. And his wife both played those parts really yeah, well. Yeah, they're like a little, like, uh, Macbeth, Lady Macbeth yeah, duo. Yeah, it's nice. And you can yeah. see them stirring the pot and doing whatever the Hell fuck, yeah, right? yeah, working but their magic. their dialogue was really bad together. Separately, fine. But together, it was, like, painful. Like, everything the wife said, she's like, so-and-so-and-so, sweetheart. And she, you could tell this actress was like... I don't really know how to play that last line. Like, it's like shitty writing, you know? Yeah, I mean, the, the writing in general, like I said, like the story, in terms of storyline and structure, I thought it was pretty solid. But yeah, I mean, the rest of it was just yeah, bland. I remember what I was going to say. So you and Peter actually touched on this Yeah. Um, in one of, the, one of the last episodes. But you were talking about one of the shows where we're looking at like sort of starving LA artists who work like service jobs or whatever. And how like their living situations are like not yes. realistic. So this was like oh a perfect example. Like, the bungalows. Oh my God. Like when we cut to this scene, right? It was the scene like right after, <laughs> right after Megan's boyfriend, you, you find out he was cheating on her, which is a whole nother thing we should talk about that mm-hmm. scene. But cut to that scene, right? Where she's at her friend's place and they have a beautiful pool and they're like pouring shaken The nicest cocktails, bungalows. Like art on the walls, like pristine, like tables. Do you know what like I mean? Like we're talking $950,000 like bungalows. beautiful. Yeah. Like gorgeous. Light and airy yeah. and outfitted from West Elm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even, maybe even Like more. Williams you know? Sonoma. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, what? Like we just, whatever. I just like, like these ain't three so, broke girls. It's so crazy. Like this ain't a waitress. That we're supposed to take that, you know? It is actually and crazy we're that we're supposed, supposed to, to take like, that. Oh, yeah, like they're starving, you know? It actually is crazy that we're just supposed to take that. And just like hook, line, and sinker. I was like, "Fuck no!" We're like, supposed to flop over and take it. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> what, like I have something to say about it. You know what I mean? Like, like how dumb do you think I am? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her friends are really pretty though, especially that black girl is so gorgeous. Huh, shout out to the one person of color in the in <laughs> honestly, this TV show. I honestly, mean, the one, the most beautiful person in like the whole pilot. I mean, like, what are we gonna do with ourselves, Hollywood? <laughs> like, I have been watching so many pilots the past month. And I don't think any of them have, I mean, I would have to go back and look through, but none of them measured up on the diversity scale, like even a little bit. Yeah. It is 2017. It's more, it's more just like what, I don't know, like what stories are we going to tell? Exactly. It's not just casting. It's like stories. And keep in mind, like, I'm like, you know, a privileged white person. Matt might as well be a privileged white person. He's half (laughs) Hispanic, but. (laughs) So like we obviously, that's, it's obviously inherently problematic that we're talking about it at all, but it has to be said. It's just like, I get it. We're exposing Scientology. I'm all about that train, you know? Sure. But it's already kind of happening, like, in a lot of documentaries. Yeah, Leah Remini is, like, a big activist for it right now. And so I'm just like, why, like, why do I need to watch this show? The one thing that this pilot did do for me is that I feel like it could get better. I, I, you know, I feel like it set a stage for more conflict and more interesting storylines, even though it was a little on the blander side. I just got, like, an intuition that we're setting a stage for something grander, something more interesting. Uh, so I don't know. I would maybe watch episode two. I mean, all this shit being said that I'm saying, I probably am going to watch episode two because I agree with you. Like there's something that could be there. It goes back to what we were talking about, like with how they're setting up the cult, right? Yeah. That could pan out really well. Like Definitely. I want to see Kyle West unravel, like Tom Cruise unraveled. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe Unravel to me is, like, protagonist to you, you know? I feel like I've said it a lot. I'm really, <laughs> like, crutching on it, you know? That's all right. We all have our words. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so, and, you know, a pilot in a lot of ways, you know, a, a pilot should obviously be well-written. It should set up the world really well, et cetera, et cetera. But also a big role of the pilot is to make you want to watch the rest of the series. Yeah. 
And I feel like this pilot f- kind of fell on the wayside in a lot of ways, but it made me want to watch the next episode. Yeah. So that's something to be sent for it. Yeah. No, you're totally right. You're totally right. Um, I would give this pilot, I think, I mean, 2.75 stars. I can't quite give it three, but 2.5 seems too low. Okay. Yeah. I was going to give it a three, but yeah. now I feel like liberated because you gave it a 2.75. <laughs> there are no rules here. I don't know. I actually <laughs> think maybe 2.5, 2.75 is more like it, right? Like yeah. maybe, maybe the series on a whole, if it improves, like that would go up. The rating would go up. Yeah. But there was, yeah. There's just something like, I don't know. Pardon me, I had to yawn. No, okay. let it out, girl. Let mm. it out. No rules here at the Pilot Riot Party. <laughs> no rules on the Pilot Riot Party bus. A slightly paraphrased dramatic reading from Season 1, Episode 2 of MTV's instant perennial classic program, Stranded with a Million Dollars. Exterior, Godforsaken Island, morning. The gang has just woken up the morning after purchasing a two-person tent for $30,000. Though the majority voted to buy the tent, some were disgruntled about the purchase and consider it unnecessary. We enter a heated argument about the aforementioned tent. I will be playing the role of Cody. And I will be playing the role of Alonzo. Like, what am I going to do? Okay, everybody, let's get roasted marshmallows and sing Kumbaya. Like, I don't, what the fuck? That's where you're going with this. You bought a tent. I wouldn't be surprised if you did buy marshmallows. And you didn't want to buy nothing so people would go home. And buy a flashlight to tell spooky stories in the tent. Ha! Oh, oh boy, oh boy. You're gonna make me slap the shit out of you. Do it! I'm tougher than you are. I'm tougher than you are, period. And I'm showing it every fucking day. Alright, alright. Keep sleeping in that tent. Uh huh. I don't need a tent, and that's true. Mm-hmm. And I could slash that tent up with the, the machete in two fucking seconds. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to, because Woo! I'm a bigger man than fucking all of you. You're a pussy, mean ass boy. You're sleeping in a fucking tent, bro. You're a pussy, mean ass boy, man. You're sleeping in a tent. You might as well. You're going to tab out anyway. I swear to God. Don't fucking hit me. I'm about to split your shit wide open, bro. I really am. Do it. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Alonzo walks away. Scene. <laughs> so, Madeline, tell me. <laughs> what's going on in your life? What is going on in my life other than making PowerPoints, fake PowerPoints for job interviews until 2.30 in the morning? Um... Well, you know, I just watched a documentary that just showed up on HBO Go, uh, that which props to Matt's parents. I steal their HBO Go. Maybe we'll have to edit that out. Shout out to Pamela and Paul. <laughs> Peter, me and Peter would not be able to watch HBO without you. We appreciate it. Um, so this documentary just popped up on HBO Go, um, and it's. I mean, you know, it's. Not anything too, me bringing this up isn't anything too revolutionary. It's pretty popular right now, like in pop culture. It's not like, you know, that radical of a recommendation. But if you have not seen it, you have to figure out a way to watch the documentary. Get your friend's HBO Go account. Whatever you need to do. Find find the Jane the producer in your life. (laughs) Get their parents' Comcast info Mm. and watch the documentary Tickled. Okay? Watch Tickled. I've heard so much shit about this. Okay, so basically it's about this Australian reporter who heard about this quote-unquote sport, big air quotes, called competitive endurance tickling. No, no. No, you're no, right. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, I'm just like, I can't. <laughs> like, oh, no, that's not it. No, no I was like, what I'm is just it? like, I can't, I can't. Yes. And um, he inquired, he, he found this company that produces all of these competitive endurance tickling videos and asked if he could interview them. And they gave him this weird response about not wanting to be interviewed by a gay reporter, 
which he brings up, you know, within the first couple minutes of the, uh, of the documentary is pretty weird considering endurance competitive tickling, uh, is pretty gay. It's just (laughs) a bunch of young athletic guys holding each other down, tickling each other. It's literally all it is wearing Adidas sportwear. And uh, so exclusively Adidas. Yeah. So yeah, pretty much. So this reporter, decides to delve deeper into this world and like what he uncovers, you would just never imagine in a million years. I remember hearing, I remember hearing a lot about this on NPR Mm -hmm. um, because it was premiering like in Beverly Hills, right? Probably six months ago, seven months ago. Um, And they were just describing like how he sends this initial email and then it's just like, Oh my God, this is so fucked up. Like I have to keep digging. I have to keep digging. I have to keep digging. Right. Yeah. And something funny is there's um, a, not to give too much away, but they find out that there's kind of one person who's kind of behind all of this. And uh, they do, there's like a 20 minute addendum on HBO Go, like a 20 minute documentary addendum to the documentary that chronicles it coming out in theaters and whatnot. And they show um, like a showing that they do in Los Angeles where the person in question actually shows up at the screening and like participates in the Q and a and Matt's music partner, Gene was at that screening. He was. Yeah. We might have to get him on the pod. I, mean, I, I don't know <laughs> that much about his experience there, but it was apparently crazy. Mm. Like they were afraid some shit was going to go down. So watch tickled. If you haven't, Oh my God. Crazy. Yes. Okay. I the need best. to get into it. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I love that it's on HBO. I actually feel like, I watch a lot of shit on HBO Girls, been watching Big Little Lies, I watch Vice News Nightly, like I haven't seen any shit about this show, about this documentary, like they haven't really promoted it that much, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but... Well, they didn't, didn't produce it, it, they just put it on their website, I think they just showed it on the channel one night and then put it on their website, okay, I okay, think. Okay, okay. Um, Or, I mean, you know, they probably picked up to some distribution rights. Yeah. But, uh... I'm going to watch it. I might watch it tonight. So tell me about your day, MRY, as I affectionately call Matt for his (laughs) initials. I love it. It's very endearing. (laughs) Um, Well, I'll tell you about my week, actually. Please. So I am a piano teacher. Um, I teach at this school in East LA, like three times a week. Um, And my students, like, frequently say the craziest shit to me all the time. Yeah. I mean, kids say the darndest things. Right. right? They're so funny. So (laughs) I was like really in a mood on Tuesday. I was like so tired and I was like driving to work and I was like, oh my God, this day is going to be really hard. Okay. So my first student is this really adorable six-year-old boy. He's like an angel. He's so smart. He's so funny. And there are these two notes that I always talk about. One of them is they kind of look like this. One of them is called Droopy D, and it looks like it's drooping on the page. And one of them is a B, and it's I call it Balloon B, because it looks like it's floating up. <laughs> That's okay? cute, yeah. And so he thought it was so funny, because I always ask them a question like, okay, like, which note is this? And he was like, that note is Matt, because they call me Matt. They don't call me, I like don't want them to call me Mr. Matt. They just use my first name. And Why so, do they say that it's you? Well, I don't know. It was just like some weird joke of the six-year-old, right? Okay. And he's like, it's Matt. And I was like, no, it's like droopy what? He's like, it's droopy Matt. And I was like, what, what does that mean? He was like, yeah, like you are, you look droopy. And I was like, oh my was like God. what does that mean? And I was literally like, what does that mean? <laughs> and he goes like droopy like a candle. And I'm like, this kid, like I look droopy like a candle. Like... Did he mean, did he mean like spiritually, physically? I have, I have absolutely no idea. And I just broke out and I was just like, what 
is happening like rude and so like all week i've been like oh my god do i look droopy like a panda like, that was what is my this? wax my wax just, like, solidity today exactly it's just so weird so that was that like gave my whole week so far like a really weird tint you know yeah um wow from the mouths of babes Who and knew? this was my first lesson of the day i had like like six or seven more students that day and you were just thinking droopy mad the whole like, time droopy mad. i was just like oh my god droopy mad droopy mad like what the fuck should i change my instagram handle to droopy mad <laughs> <laughs> so tonight's wine is brought to you by a grand Ardash. Ardash? 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 I don't have the bottle in front of me. I'm but what working is, from memory. But what does it mean? We don't know, right? I don't Ardash. know. Big Ardash. Big. I only took four years of advanced French. I don't know. Chardonnay. Just in one ear, out the other. So this week we also watched Feud on FX, which you can catch Sundays at, at 10 p.m. Also, you'll have to decide if you want to watch that or the arrangement. Yeah. But we'll help you decide. That's what we're here for. <laughs> which to choose? I honestly don't know. What which to I choose? choose. Which what would I choose? to choose? Um, so Feud, right? This is Ryan Murphy's new um, child, right? Little baby. Little yeah. gaby. Little gaby baby. <laughs> For the gays, <laughs> exclusively. Um, and it's about the feud, as it were, between Joan Crawford, played by Jessica Lange, and I almost said Susan Sarandon, played by Betty Davis. But it is, in fact, Betty Davis, played by Susan Sarandon. Yes, it is. Right? <laughs> yes. So the the pilot is sort of the first glimpse into Joan Crawford and Betty Davis um, coming together to sort of, uh, like, make amends, maybe, to the yeah. feud that's been going They've on. They've had, like, a long-standing feud or something. Right, right, right. And they basically, uh, I don't think this is ruining, but signing on to whatever happened to Baby Jane. Yes. Right? And you can tell they're both divas, and we can only imagine, like, what drama is going to mm-hmm. go da- down over the course of this season, mm-hmm. right? Um, so it's sort of... Just like a sweeping portrait of old Hollywood, I found yeah. right through the stories of like these two divas, like yeah. like like do like divas in totally totally different ways, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Um, I was so excited for Feud. Yeah. Um, you know, I I enjoy a good Ryan Murphy show. I mean, the problem with Ryan Murphy, anyone can agree, is that his stories tend to run totally off the rails. Uh, you know, we saw it with Glee. We saw it with American Horror Story. Um, Scream Queens is certainly uh, not driven by any particular structure or rhyme or reason. Um, he like he always gives us a good time, but it's not necessarily a meaningful time. I think I feel. more. I think in the beginning it's meaningful though. Like like yeah, until it one, goes off the rails. Until it goes off, like yeah. season one of American Horror Story, which I I love. I still love. Right, mm-hmm. but. It derails like so fast. Like by in the at the finale, you're like, I don't know like what happened. Totally. Anymore. It's like I have no concept of how to unpack this now. Yeah. Whereas like up until halfway through, you're like, I'm here, I'm here. Every twist is like, fuck, this is incredible. And then totally. it just totally blows up so fast. So true. And yeah. it's it's a it's a habit of his. It it seems inevitable in all of his series, which was why I loved The People versus O.J. Simpson yes. so much. Yes. Because it had all of those great Ryan Murphy qualities, yes. but he wasn't writing the story. Yeah. The story happened in real life. <laughs> and so that's why I was, part of the reason I was so excited for Feud. Yeah. This was also a true story. So this is only his second series, right? That's that's like a retelling of a true story, right? Yes. I think, I think the last, no. There's some things in American Horror Story that have been based on like folklore, 
I think a little bit, especially the yeah. Roanoke one, right? But it's totally different when totally it's based different. on true story. I mean, this, and, the plot lines yeah. are not spun beforehand. They're not exactly. real. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But he has such, and I think this is about all of his shows, including Feud, like such an eye for like, like tone. Totally. And the style is always like so specific mm-hmm. and so unlike anything else on TV, yet so Ryan Murphy. And always great performances. Always great performances. Yes. Always very high stakes. Yes. Yeah. And you feel it. It's fun. It yes. is fun. It's, it's a good time. It's always a good ride. <laughs> yeah. A Ryan Murphy show is going on the crazy teacups at Disney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't you tell us more about what actually happened in this pilot? Like, like can you give us like... A really basic synopsis of the rundown. Sure. So Jessica Lang, you know, plays Joan Crawford. Susan Sarandon plays Betty Davis. They're the two like prima donnas of their time, um, and this takes takes place in the late fifties, early sixties, early sixties, sort of. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think it's like nineteen sixty one, maybe. And um, but they're both fading actresses. Marilyn, you know, in one of the opening scenes, Marilyn yeah. Monroe's Marilyn Monroe wins a Golden Globe, like much to the chagrin and anger of. Joan Crawford yeah. and uh, that was a nice scene. That was a really good scene. That was a nice yeah. scene. And so, you know, uh, and also Joan Crawford needs money. You know, yeah. she, she married the heir to Pepsi, but she's not getting any money from Pepsi after he died or something. So she needs money. So she needs to work, but she's not finding any good roles. Right. So she knows that the one way to come up with a great picture that will get a lot of people coming to it is to team up with her rival who is like her only equal. Which right. is Betty Davis. Which is Betty Davis. And they Who's hate like, each other. Right. And she's like a like a Broadway star sort of at the time. Yeah. Or she's or she's doing a play on Broadway. Yeah, she's yeah. doing like Night at the Iguana or something. Sure, yeah. The thing that starts the pilot, the catalyst, is the thing that brings these two women who have had such a long feud, a long standing notorious feud together. But we don't really get a good sense of what they were feuding about in the first place. Well that's what I was going to say, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're trying to do it with those sort of, like, docu... They're making documentaries and they're interviewing different people, right? Yeah. About it. One being um, Kathy Bates mm-hmm. in some... Role. She plays, like, an old Hollywood actress just, like, who's probably a real person. Yeah. She is really fucking good, though, in yeah. those moments. Like, that was, like, one of the more memorable scenes, I yeah. think, was watching Kathy Bates. Always. But especially in this. Um, but, yeah, there's, like, not a sense of what the feud is and like we do see them beautifully like butting heads for like the whole episode yeah which is great and they play off each other so well but it's like what like what there's vague mention of joan feeling like betty never respected her the way that she deserved there's mention of betty once trying to sleep with joan's boyfriend but none of those things Right. Not only do they not sound like the type of thing that would create this long-standing feud, they imply that those that that those things were not the main thing that created the feud. You're like, but maybe that's the point of this pilot is like they're withholding some of that from us. Maybe, maybe and that's maybe the journey we that we're going to go on. Maybe if we know more of the history of it. But yeah, I'm hoping that's the journey they're going to go on on this show because we got nothing from the pilot. I thought the pilot was going to be setting up the feud, but we just jumped right yeah. into it, which isn't necessarily yeah. a bad thing. I just want to know more about it. Yeah, I think you've hit on sort of the biggest problem with this pilot, which is that nothing really happened. Yeah. Like, I love watching Jessica Lange. She's so seasoned at playing 
the like washed up desperate yes, women who like used to be beautiful and mm-hmm. is still beautiful but has fallen and is grasping God, for you are strong. so right. Is that right? not every role she's done on American Horror I mean, Story? I actually have not seen her in anything besides American Horror Story. Yeah. But it is actually every role. Yeah. Like <laughs> literally every role. And she's so, so good at playing that role. So but true. It does leave me wanting a little bit more because yeah. uh, no matter what the period, no matter what the setting, I feel like she plays it the same. Yeah. You know? But it works, whatever. Like if I just jumped into this, I, I had never seen the other shows, like I would be fully, fully there, yeah. right? Um, now Susan Sarandon is a fucking force of nature. She was amazing. She was amazing. I dare I say she was better than Jessica Lange. Oh my God, much better. I thought, yeah. She, there's this one scene, right, where I think this is sort of the climax of the episode where, without ruining it, where she, they're preparing for their first day of shooting and she totally kind of like outdoes Jessica Lange in every way and she walks onto set to applause and the whole lead up to this scene, it was just like... I'm clutching my right? heart. Just like yes. moment after moment of Susan Sarandon just like slaying everybody in the whole she episode. was. Yeah, right? Yes. Yeah. No, I loved the performances in this. You know, there was also Alfred Molina and Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci was really fantastic. Too. <laughs> Pardon moi. Yes. <laughs> Cut that out. I hate that. I don't like the part in law thing. No worries. Um, no. Sorry. Say the, say the thing about Stanley Tucci. Oh, I said Stanley Tucci was incredible. He, he was. was. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed him a lot. Um, I, I wish that there was more action in this pilot. A lot of the story moved forward with just conversations. I wish I had seen more things like visually, if that makes sense. I wish that more of the storytelling unfolded visually. That's true. I, I, I agree with you. I also feel like maybe they they were trying to portray the film industry, which was like they have these scenes where they're argument, arguing in like restaurants and like mm-hmm. there's that scene when Stanley Tucci's like getting a very lavish massage and Alfred Molina comes in to like make sort of a business deal. We yeah. should clarify, Alfred Molina plays... Um, like the writer, right? Or the Bob adapter. Aldrich, the director. Yeah, the director, who also the adapted the book, right? Yes. And then Stanley Tucci plays like the head of uh, Warner Brothers. The producer. The producer. Yeah. <laughs> those the would director be, and the producer. <laughs> those would be the titles that I was reaching for <laughs> that I did not grasp. I did not know that Joan Crawford and Betty Davis brought down the studio system, which I thought was really interesting. Um, which... For our viewers who don't know, back in the day, studios used to have contracts with actors. So it's like if I'm an actor in old Hollywood, my goal is to get a contract with a great studio. So if I get a contract with Warner Brothers, that means I'm going to be in Warner Brothers movies for however long my contract is for. Um, Obviously, that's not how we do things today at all. Actors are much more like freelance workers. Yeah. Uh, And... It's interesting. I had no idea that they kind of brought that system down, yeah, but I'm glad they did. Either. Yeah. I don't know about this pilot, though. Like, love Jessica Lange. Love Susan Sarandon more. The I, visuals are amazing. The I tone the is amazing. The dialogue was good. But something was, like, really boring about it to me. It didn't quite pack the punch that I was hoping it would. It was a little slow. It didn't leap off the screen. Yeah. Even in a way that arrangement, like, and I didn't like arrangement, but, like, I was there. Like, I was watching it. I feel like with Feud, I was just kind of like, eh, what, yeah. do I care, you know? 
Yeah, there were a couple good, pardon me, a couple good lines in there that I liked. Um, the gossip columnist, mm-hmm. Hedda Hoop, Hedda Hopper, I almost said Hedda Hooper. Yeah. Hedda Hopper, uh, she's trying to get Joan Crawford to admit that she stumbled out of the Golden Globes right. drunk and angry right. because of Marilyn Monroe winning the award. Right. And, you know, Joan's trying to brush it off and she says, I must have eaten something that disagreed with me. Yeah. And Hedda says, crow. That <laughs> was amazing. Do you know that phrase, Matt, eating crow? No. Oh my God. You, Matt, is, you would never know that Matt grew up in the United, <laughs> the U.S. of A. He doesn't know any phrases. I knew that you wouldn't. I don't know. I don't know that phrase. I wouldn't say I don't know any fucking phrase. Eating crow it means basically eating humble pie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what that means either. What is eating oh humble pie? Oh my god. Oh my god. Like you can't explain an idiom with another idiom. <laughs> I, thought, I thought humble pie was pretty obvious. Katie, I need one more. I need one more. <laughs> oh my god. So like to eat crow or to eat humble pie, it's like if you know, uh, you and I made a bet. I'll put it. I'll explain it like you're five years old. So, <laughs> someone who's never been to America before, a total foreigner who knows none of our idioms or customs or ways. So, you know, if you and I had a bet that um, I was going to be a millionaire by age 28, and you said I wasn't going to be, and I said I was going to be, and then of course I am, uh, then you have to admit you were wrong and eat some crow, eat some humble pie. It's like that. Inherently explained in either <laughs> idiom. So like, I feel like the humble pie thing. Cackle maybe. all you want, <laughs> but I will stand my fucking ground and not apologize for not knowing either idiom. I yeah. also truly give a fuck about, and I want to give a shout out to my favorite character in this, uh, Mama Sita. Yes, played by Jackie Hoffman. Yes, Mama Sita being Joan Crawford's trusty handymaid. She was really good. She was amazing. She was like so understated. I know. She was there. She was, she was, she was so good. She was really good. I loved her. Yeah, she was great. If you're a fan of old Hollywood and old Hollywood movies, if you really love the movie Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, you'll really enjoy watching at least this pilot. For sure. They do a lot of cool stuff about like, you know, just kind of general like behind the scenes stuff and imaginings of how things went down on set and the dynamics between the actresses. Recreating scenes from the old yes, movies. Yes, I like, mean, I was... Frame for frame was cool. Absolutely. I was yeah. looking at pictures from the um uh like screen stills from the actual movie yeah and the the, they emulated the costumes to a t very nice so you'll really enjoy it just for that aspect uh if you really like whatever happened to baby jane yeah yeah i don't know i I would give this pilot three out of five stars yeah i was gonna say three also i feel like now that i'm talking about i feel like it's less though i feel like maybe two i don't know like I don't, I'm not going to keep watching it. I feel like I'm yawning a lot. No, no. Like I want to see, mostly I just love Susan Sarandon. She just kills me. She was great. She in everything though. She's like, her face, you know. Go see Susan Sarandon and Stepmom. Oh my God. What a throwback. (laughs) Such a good movie. That movie is so sad. I only know about her from Stepmom and Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know? Yeah. Like I feel like you and I probably missed her prime prime. You know Did I mean? you watch Stepmom with your mom? I can't remember. I think I saw it in theaters. Yeah. You yeah. Saw it, really? I think so. That was like mid nineties that came out. I must've been really, really young. Oh, right? That's like 96, 97. 98. So we were in like kindergarten. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, wow. Maybe I didn't see it in theaters. We're the same age, right? Yeah. We, what am I talking about? We've been in the same grade <laughs> since sixth grade. No, I really think I saw that in theaters. With my parents. That's kind of fucked up. When you were five or six? Yeah. Really? It's like rated PG, isn't it? Let's see. 
I think it's rated P. I don't think it's like... I don't think Pamela would take you to a PG-13 movie when you were five. That really what does was not it sound like her. I'm looking it up. It's <laughs> PG-13. Yeah, maybe not then. It's funny how your parents were liberal with that stuff. <laughs> well, that's not going to do it. <laughs> Hi, Mom and Dad. Um, anyway, yeah, so I might say two. I don't know. A two feels really harsh if I gave the arrangement a 2.5. Maybe I should give the arrangement a two. And then this three. That feels Adjusted more fair. Adjusted scores. That feels more fair. Yeah. Whatever feels right in your heart. Yeah. I don't know. I just like, I don't care. I don't care about either of them. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to plug our show. I'm going to plug our social. Plug our shit. Uh, so you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pilot Riot Pod. You can email us at pilotriotpodcast at gmail.com. Um, oh, follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Yes, all of the things. You can follow me on Instagram at, at, at M-A-D-P-A-U-M-E-N. Peter, our long-lost co-host, R.I.P., is... <laughs> <It's> so <sad. laughs> is uh, He's in New York City. He might as well be dead. Um... <laughs> Is at Peter Hums like, like Hums, um, and I, Jane, the producer, also known as Matt Young, at <laughs> Twin Kids Music. We have some new music coming out soon. Woo! Very exciting. Um, until then, I'll just be watching some more fucking pilots. I guess that's right. Cheers, me, Matt. Thank you for Cheers. a great fourth episode. For sure. And we will be back with Peter next week we to cover some more pilots. And I will be in the background once again. Wah, wah, where you belong. Where I fucking I'm kidding, belong, I'm honestly. Kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> Have a good night. Bye. Bye.